0: Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? Read? What's happening? Am I dead? I bet you like zombie books. I like food. Do you have food? You don't need food at dividedbyzerobooks.com. It's full of nutrient-rich science fiction. Ugh, I'm stuck in an ad, aren't I?
1: Once I stop talking, reality will collapse until someone plays this ad again. This isn't the first time we've had this discussion,
0: and it won't be the last. Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? Hey, this is Derwin from the Blanket Fortress of Solitude. And during my sort of journey as an artist, as an independent content creator, I have been lucky enough to meet such wonderfully talented and creative professionals. People that are far better than my silly books deserve. And... This guy I have with me today has been the audiobook narrator of several of my works. And he has been described by many of my friends as if a glass of expensive Scotch whiskey came to life. And with me today is Jason Springer. Jason, thank you for coming to the Blanket Fort.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And like all good stories, let's start at the beginning. Where are you from, sir?
1: I have been living in Wisconsin my entire life. I was born in Milwaukee, and uh, probably lived in eight different locations following my dad's job, but always somewhere in usually southeast Wisconsin.
0: You'll probably die in southeast Wisconsin, God willing.
1: Yeah, well, I'm in northeast Wisconsin right now.
0: Oh, well, i scandal. <laughs> yeah. Um, have your travels taken you outside of Wisconsin?
1: Uh, on vacations. <laughs> that's yeah. about it. Yeah.
0: Kind of a home-based guy, like, you know, what do I need that's not here in my home?
1: pretty much want to stay close to family and uh you know when i vacation i usually just want to go camping and there's tons of places to do that in this area so
0: exactly talk to yeah. me about camping did you camp a lot when you're a boy
1: oh yeah yeah my uh my mom grew up camping with her family uh she was the only girl and uh i believe that there, there were six of them all together <laughs>
0: so she had five brothers
1: yep oh boy and, uh, Yep, my grandparents would throw them all in the in their camper or, well, before that, their tent and uh, just take them to all the different campgrounds in the area ever since she was probably six. I and bet
0: she got a tent by herself and they slept in ditches. The boys slept in ditches like dogs.
1: Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> As you it should be. a lot of favoritism.
0: <laughs> As it should be. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember uh, my parents gave my sister two cars. <laughs> we were kids, and they sent me to the army instead. So I'm like, yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. <laughs> um, okay, so what sort of was the genesis of the camping for you? Was it like a did you did you do it all the time? Was it like weeks at a time? Was it like a like a survivalist thing?
1: Hmm. Yeah, it was uh, what what you'd call now uh, car camping.
0: Car camping.
1: Yeah, you'd, where you'd basically load up the uh, the station wagon with all the stuff you'd need, all kind coolers full of food and all that but not not glamping where you're living in total luxury (laughs) but uh, yeah in the early days we just had an old very old canvas tent and uh not waterproof at all (laughs) but we would go out for forget if it was two or three weeks at a time just because that's all the longer the state parks would let you stay without taking two weeks off (laughs)
0: they'd say so do you guys live here now like you know you can't live here right
1: (laughs) well it is my mom's dream one day she always used to say she wanted to just find a house right on the lake where we would camp and just live there forever (laughs) that's fantastic i have her whole family's goal ultimately so well it's not an uncommon story because when i say (laughs) my family went camping it was my mom and my brother and sister and i My dad would work during the week and maybe pop in on a Saturday to say hi and bring us a little more ice. Oh, that was my dad's excuse for it all was I was in the army. I don't need this.
0: (laughs) I did this already. You know, Uh there's bears out here.
1: I, yeah,
0: no, just be like, Oh baby, I got overtime again. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, okay. So what was high school like for you? Were you like homeschooled? Were you like in a public school?
1: Uh, public school i was uh this kind of relatively quiet nerdy kid didn't uh, didn't really do much for extracurriculars just kind of played video games and magic the gathering with my buddies
0: that's awesome
1: <laughs> i was i was always very uh, very sheltered like and i didn't realize it till after high school <laughs> until after that i would have i would never even known what a bag of weed was if you'd have set it in front of me in high school <laughs> so all my friends were straight laced too
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we grew up half feral in a trailer park, so mm-hmm. you know, like you you learn things.
1: Yeah. I learned uh, fast after high school.
0: Exactly. Well, talk to <laughs> me about that. How'd you learn fast after high school?
1: Oh, uh, just once. Uh, I don't know. Something about it. Uh, the the fl- the switch flipped, and once I started going to the community college again, right in the same town I went to high school in, wasn't going far. Sure. Uh, just a couple of my buddies started having parties and. It's yeah, kind of started to roll together into bigger and bigger parties, and it's like, well, I'd, I'd like to throw a party. I have a place. And then it just kind of all followed. <laughs> uh, started with my first job. I was probably buying 200 bucks worth of booze every week. Nice. Just to be able to provide for everybody, and <laughs> it was a blast, and I'm glad it didn't continue forever. I'd be well, oh, I mean, out by now.
0: Everyone gets married eventually, like... <laughs> And also, like, we're in our 30s, so, like, if I drink really more than two beers, my sleep is messed up for days at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, end of January, had kind of a makeup up uh, New Year's party with some friends, and that's what I consider maybe once or twice a year I get that drunk. Yeah. I'm that drunk. It's just all I can handle nowadays.
0: <laughs> I'm just an old man now. Anyway, so, your community college experience. Talk to me about that. What would you study?
1: Uh, I was really only going for electives. Uh, at the time, it was just, well, I graduated high school. Now you go to college. Yeah. So But I had no idea what I wanted to do, so I didn't want to go off to some four-year and invest a lot of money. So it was a pretty easy-going time, uh, but that was also when I was partying with my buddies the most. <laughs> so that was, uh, you know, I failed my first class in that first year of community college. I'd never gotten any worse than a C in all of high school. Yeah. Uh, but uh, overall, I did. I did all right. Uh, you graduated. I got the credits. <laughs> but, did you graduate? Uh, well, you didn't really graduate from that college. <laughs> <laughs> that was just where you started off. I didn't get any kind of degree out of there. Okay. But <laughs> uh, yeah, after that, I I still really didn't have any kind of direction. So mm-hmm. I just got a job. What oh, uh, was your job? I was working for a factory called Muro. Uh, you might have seen their pots and pans. I yeah, mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it I was just a pretty used to big buy whatever was at
0: Goodwill. But
1: yeah, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was all right. Factory job, not much sure. to stay there. Working a press, packing boxes all whatever they needed any given day. But then uh, one day they decided they were moving their operations to Mexico. After I was there for about two years. No. Yeah, which uh, you know. Can't say I was too sad about that, especially because since they were moving out of the country, I was able to take advantage of a government program that would pay for me to go to a two-year college and get an actual degree. Hey, Yeah. So I ended up uh, going to a different local community college. Uh, well, it was a not a community college, a technical college, if there's a difference. But, uh, there technical got...
0: college sounds more profitable. Like yeah. it, it sounds like... Cause when I hear tech call right here, I went to community college um, and I fucked around for four years to get a two year degree. Mm. And um, and yeah, it was a lot of like, like, Oh, we're going to learn, you know, it, it was, it was good, but also it wasn't like super intense, yeah. but um, you know, I got a liberal arts degree there. I, when I hear tech school, I'm like, Oh, he's going to be a plumber and like fucking, you know, be useful. You know, I just don't know how to talk well.
1: <laughs> yeah if i had been smart i probably would have gone for a trade and actually become an electrician or a plumber or something instead i wanted to do something more creative and i got a two-year degree in marketing which
0: you got I a degree say, in marketing
1: yeah yeah i would i would say on a personal level it was good like i learned a lot and a lot of stuff i'm still able to use as far as uh, you know sales and, and things like that i, I can't yeah. get ripped off by a fast-talking salesman anymore that's good but unfortunately, there's no jobs actually looking for somebody with an only a two year degree in marketing.
0: What um, what talk to me about your marketing experience? Because I, you know, I've run Divided by Zero Books forever and ever and ever all men. Right. So I've been very much DIY, like, you know, figure out what works sort of thing. But you have like actual like because I know you know, because I always studied things that helped us sell our books better. That was very specific. Now, what was, because I know like, if you're going to market to certain groups, you talk a certain way, right? Like, you know, the culture changed recently to more of a sort of like a inclusive and diverse environment. So all of a sudden, you know, like Pepsi really cares about, you know, giving the world a Coke and a smile or whatever. And, uh, so what was your kind of focus with your two-year degree? Or was there a focus?
1: Well, and that's another problem with the fact that it was only a two-year degree is that they were just giving you the broad strokes. Sure. And I graduated in 2005. So some of my classes were talking about how, you know, we really need to start thinking about advertising on the internet. <laughs> this is looking like it's going to be big. <laughs> we talked about one class, we were talking about that up-and-comer company, Google, how it might overtake Yahoo one day. So
0: what you're saying is the general marketing principles are still kind of applicable to anything you're selling and, excuse me, you're selling an idea you're selling, you know, yourself in a lot of ways. Um, yeah.
1: It, it's basically like, uh, I've retained the philosophy of marketing, but just not a whole lot of practical applicable stuff still applies.
0: Yeah. What would you say the philosophy of marketing is?
1: Yeah. Uh. A lot of it, uh, boy, my teachers would kill me that I can't remember all of the P's of marketing or any of those. You mean the school
0: you went to 15 years ago?
1: Yeah, I suppose maybe they cut me a little slack.
0: 17 years ago? Jesus Christ, the pandemic's been going on for two years.
1: (laughs) Some of it's coming back to me. I know there was a product, price, place, and promotion. That was one set of P's of marketing.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah,
1: It was just all about uh, knowing your customer, uh, knowing where they're looking for your product so you can be there when they're looking for you yeah and uh yeah a lot of uh psychology and eh, like i said unfortunately there wasn't a whole lot of just practical stuff it was like we were playing at marketing you know with our projects and powerpoint presentations but
0: isn't that kind of like a gary v video where he says Content is king, but marketing is queen. And then, like, I watched this Tim Dillard react. He's like, "What does that mean, Gary? What are you talking <laughs> about? Can you? What do I need to do?" Content is king, marketing is queen. Um, yeah, no, marketing is always. It, it's always a strange thing. It, it's it's because especially like you and I kind of run, each run our own little mini empires, and we ours cross over, and we work together quite often. But I'm always like, you know, how do you get your stuff in front of the right eyeballs, right? And, you know, the pandemic was really good for that, but we'll get to that in a second. Hmm. So, you're done with college. Yep. What's next?
1: Well, it didn't take me long to realize nobody wanted my level of education. They wanted an extra two years and then, you know, four years of experience. So... I ended up uh, just getting a little job at a uh, copy shop uh, where my wife worked. She worked for a college and they had a little... Uh,
0: Is that where you met them. her? How'd you meet her?
1: Uh, we actually met uh, shortly. Well, actually, I guess we were still in high school. She was dating a friend of mine at the time.
0: That's adorable. You married a girl you knew in high school?
1: Yep. yep. That's we adorable. We met senior year and we got together a year after I graduated, I think.
0: I like that. That's great. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh, what, what is so what is uh, uh so you met her at the coffee shop so how'd that go like what's your guys do you want to talk about that we can oh, skip
1: yeah I, I, I can give you the, the quick rundown basically uh we at at this point we were already living together uh, oh. when i got my job there yeah she was <laughs> through to college and miro and all that stuff so uh I, yeah I, she uh she had a job at uh college which in the last couple of years has unfortunately gone defunct but it was in uh, in manitowoc wisconsin it's a, a religious college uh, silver lake but they had a little print shop in the basement and i was able to get in there as, as uh, a copy boy and a <laughs> mail runner and it it was all right you know it didn't pay a whole lot but it was nice work you know simple Easy. I I got uh, into a position there where I would drive around Wisconsin to other outlet locations of ours and help keep their copy machines running.
0: (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, Uh, it
1: was all right. But uh, as I recall, we, you know, we'd known each other for a couple of months, uh, maybe up to a year before we actually started dating. But uh, in that time, I was not dating again. Nerdy kid in high school. Sure. Never had a girlfriend, never went on a date. No high school. Near I mean,
0: high school, you know. Yeah,
1: but uh, yeah, the following winter after I graduated, had my first girlfriend, which lasted all of two weeks. Uh, that's And right. uh, it was only a few months after that that uh, my wife broke up with uh, the buddy of mine that she had been dating for a while. And uh, another friend of ours confided in me that it's like, yeah, she she tells me she likes you. Yeah. And up to that point, you know, friend's girlfriend had been off limits. Never really gave it much thought. Sure. But once he planted the seed, it was like, "Huh, she is I mean, pretty cool." I mean, <laughs> you dog. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Um,
0: okay, so you're working at the coffee shop. What, what? When in the timeline is this? What year is it?
1: Uh, Let's see, with the copy shop, if I had graduated in 2005, it was probably, I was working there between 2005, 2007-ish.
0: Okay, what was next on the path for Jason after that?
1: Well, next, career-wise, I was, in what I would say was, uh, I don't know, it was probably my most lucrative career period, but also felt like the most dead end, and that was Uh, working in the insurance field.
0: oh, Oh, no.
1: Yeah, because oh, i had had little periods. My, my dad was a life insurance salesman my whole life, and I had tried job shadowing him and working with him when I was younger, but it didn't take long for me to realize direct sales were not my thing. Oh, no. But uh, I it did give me a little bit of insurance experience on my resume, so I was able to get in working. I was an auditor at uh, Humana for a while. Sure. And I was working for United Healthcare uh, before I decided to go full time on the audiobooks.
0: Okay. Well, let's go into that. When did you start audiobook uh, recording?
1: That would have been, uh, I think it was 2015. I did my first audiobook. What was I that? Did... It was, um, I forget the exact title, but it was uh, like a Wiccan Holidays or something. It was maybe a half hour long.
0: Yeah, I think I've. I might have either bought it or at least I like. Sometimes I'll be like, "Oh, what all is Jason up to?" And I'll just see what your audible like <laughs> list is. Yeah.
1: yeah, shockingly though, even though that was my very first book, I think it's still my bestseller. Like, Isn't
0: that funny?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's. I I've, I haven't had the heart to listen to it again because I can only imagine the equipment and the setup I had at that time. Yeah, it can't be that good, but it the reviews are all right, so I guess I it's mean... not that bad.
0: Dude, your voice carries a lot, right? <laughs> like, it's... There's a little part of me, it's a little odd just, like, talking to you, because I've listened to hours and hours of your voice. I suppose. <laughs> but it's never like, oh, hey, let's talk. It's more like we're texting each other, emailing or something, and then you are like, I'm writing shit, and you're recording it. <laughs> um. Uh. Okay, so we linked up when... Because in, in 2016, 17, on my end, I was going to like different conventions and talking to authors because I noticed that Amazon, whenever they wanted to put a bunch of money into something or they expand a market like ebooks or their Kindle subscription program or whatever, they would just push all of the content creators up the algorithm and then mm-hmm. we'd all make a lot of money for like six months. And then uh, I noticed the pattern was starting to repeat with audiobooks again, and I noticed that none of the authors at this book convention had audiobooks on Audible, and I'm like, "What are you guys doing? Like, you know, you just got to like throw some shit up there, and if someone just speaks the words clearly, it's good enough, right? Like, um, yeah. And it was, it was like, it was this crazy gold rush for just a hot minute, and. Audible, ACX had this really good deal where we could like profit share and stuff. And we got like the free promo codes and stuff. But so when you and I started working together, what was kind of your, what was it like on your end?
1: Well, at that time I was, uh, I think that was right after I had started doing it full time. Okay. So I decided to, I'd saved up some money. So I quit my job at the insurance company. And, uh, you know, my wife was making decent money, so it wasn't too sketchy of a proposition. And uh, Baby, don't
0: worry. Our band will go, we just got one more gig, and our band will go the distance. (laughs) That's that's the fear. Like, whenever I think, oh, maybe I should quit and go full time, I hear that voice in the back of my head. (laughs) And how that's going to sound to her. Um, But, yeah, so... You went full-time. Talk to me about that. What was it like going full-time? Like, I've done crazy things. I'm scared to do that,
1: right? Yeah, definitely. I needed the safety net. I needed to have a couple grand saved up and needed to know my wife was secure and comfortable with the whole idea. Yeah. I didn't want to have her, you know, be on edge and have to bail on it in a few months. Yeah. But uh, it... Uh, It wasn't too hard of a transition, really, uh, because I had, uh, during the course of my time uh, working for the insurance companies for a couple of years, I was working from home at one of them. So I'd been accustomed to having a home office, and I'd for maybe uh, two or three years, I had been doing the audiobooks on the side. So a little bit here and there after work. So it was just finally being able to spend more time doing that while at home. Yeah. It was nice. I really, uh I I do like the setup. It's a a nice way to way to live.
0: It's not a bad gig. We're like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's and and don't get me wrong. I enjoy people, but you know, I like, yeah, (laughs) some some people are right. Um, I like interacting with you know your preferred group of people, not like oh well, there's Jane from accounting again, Mm -hmm. um. Yeah, no. Like I worked with you and another gentleman who kind of—it's like it's you who's the glass of scotch, and then there's a the guy who sounds like the reincarnated spirit of Johnny Cash, right? Yeah. <laughs> and but I think I'm interacted the most with you probably because we're about the same age, hmm. and like I, I I I will sometimes just listen to the old books over and over again just because like fuck, Jason did a really good job on this. <laughs> and you're talking about an old story that sell- I wrote, because we did a book called The Forever Sleep, right? Oh, yeah. And that has like 30 reviews on Audible. It's my most reviewed book, right? It's probably my most downloaded. Hmm. It's in the top three anyway. And that's one of those, where, it, like with your Wiccan book, I look back and I'm like, you know, I love that book. and I love what you did with it. But also I'm like, it's surprising. That's the one,
1: you know, like hey, you never know.
0: Yeah. It, it, it And it's not like out of a sense of like, oh, I didn't. I don't like it. I wrote it when I was maybe 19 or 20 in a Waffle House in Augusta, Georgia in 2007. So, you know, you can look back at old things and be like, oh, oh, this is how I thought the world was. And woefully naive.
1: Mm.
0: um so what out of the different divided by zero books stable what was your favorite to record this is a friendly safe place i won't get offended
1: (laughs) yeah sure uh to russia with zombies is still probably one of my favorites that's pretty good (laughs) my dad did a
0: good job on that
1: (laughs) yeah it was uh and probably because it was one of the first ones i got to do with you and it was the first time i got to do a zombie book like, yeah. you know, normally I'd been just kind of taking what I could get. Uh, some of them were just little instruction manuals or biographies and nothing terribly entertaining. I, I think only you got do what on Bitcoin. Is that right? Six. What's that?
0: Did you do a Bitcoin one? I did. Yep. Uh, I thought you
1: did. Yeah. And that that's one too. I thought for sure, oh, I'm striking while the iron's hot on this one. And I figured that would sell like hotcakes. But it <laughs> uh, eh, does okay. A <laughs> couple <laughs> copies here and there.
0: Yeah. I kind of. I kind of found that you know I'm like oh this will sometimes you can make a piece of art and be like this won't hit big now but like it'll kind of burn for a while right like real <laughs> slow burn for a minute um let's take it to 2020 you know because the, the shutdown uh, was tremendous for audiobooks right I mean you know yeah. people died in mass graves and you know <laughs> death and sadness you know, it wasn't but, but that's their problem <laughs> We're making money, Jason
1: <laughs> Silver lining, that's all Yeah,
0: so there was Back in the day uh, Audible or ACX Would give you free download codes mm. To give out to people And like, let's say I give you a code For To Russia With Zombies Then you download it And then Audible gives us Like a buck thirty-nine Right, a piece, something like that, mm. and um, and then there were these like ecosystems that grew around it that I learned about in February of 2020 because I woke up one day and checked the charts and I downloaded like, or someone downloaded like 25 books real fast, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, and I'm like, this is it, I can quit my job. And, no, I couldn't, but
1: it was yeah, it was a a good time financially
0: it was a, it was it was quite the gold rush and i remember like like the the other guy the johnny cash guy was like yeah you should put all your codes up here now did you know about this before i sent it to you
1: um i think i may have Boy, it's hard to remember nowadays cuz i i do i remember us talking about it I can't remember if you introduced me to it or not.
0: Let's say I did. <laughs> okay. I'm willing to go with that. <laughs> I like taking credit for things <laughs> I might not have done. Um but yeah, and and while, you know, the world started burning, right? Uh I'm we're like like, oh, this is tremendous. And like I'm setting off royalty checks and everyone's like, are you? Like, do you have COVID? Like, are you like th- there? There's more zeros in the checks than normal, and <laughs> <laughs> the fact that there were zeros, um, mm. and it was really good. And so, for outside of that, in the whole like end of the world thing, uh, mm. how was March of 2020 for you?
1: That was uh It was stressful because oh, you didn't know what what was coming. Like, where are things going to go? But on the other hand, too, I I kind of felt like, oh, it's my moment. Because along with all that camping, you know, I, we might have done car camping, but I always fantasized about survivalism and living <laughs> off the land. and So, you know, I always kind of had that in the back of my mind, you know, the zombie uh, horde fantasies of being able to hole up and just make it through. So <laughs> part of me was a little excited. That, yeah, hey, we're going. We're, the world's going to hell, but I'm ready for it.
0: I got this.
1: I'll be the I, go-to guy.
0: See, I, <laughs> so, I grew up and kind of, um, I like to tell people I grew up half feral in a trailer park. And then I spent my whole life not like, middle class and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we can afford delivery. And I don't got to worry about that. And, like, I finally grew accustomed to the lifestyle of middle class America. And then... Mm-hmm. I had to hit the reset button over like a two week period. Cause like I'm in uh, a mire late February of 2020. No, I'm at Walmart. doesn't matter. And I'm watching this video and there's people in Japan and they're hoarding rice and toilet paper. And I'm like, Jesus, God in heaven, that's us in three weeks. And so I'm walking around the grocery store and I'm just putting toilet paper in and I'm like, Oh, I'm the first. No one else is doing this. <laughs> it's me.
1: Oh, yeah, that was that was when it really kind of hit home when you know the the fantasy crumbled. The first time I went to the store to stock up after, I put my mask on. I'm just looking sideways at everybody. <laughs> do ever, near me.
0: Did you Lysol bleach wipe down like bags of Doritos oh, too?
1: We you did. Bet I did. Yep. Yeah, I was because I at that point I I was too late. I wasn't on the ground floor for anything. So I was having to just, like, combine rubbing alcohol and uh, aloe vera gel I had to make my own hand sanitizer. And I'm just trying to come up with cleansers. And I think I even bought, like, a pack of uh, HEPA filters for vacuum cleaners <laughs> and cut them out to fit inside my masks.
0: <laughs> well done.
1: Well, yeah. well just done. I was trying everything. But, yeah, when I started to see the bare shelves, like, suddenly it's like, oh. Yeah, I I've got a garden, but I'm no farmer. And <laughs> need society.
0: I'm the guy that gathers supplies for the cannibal gang to murder me and <laughs> then steal them. I'm that guy.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of realized in the end, it's like, all right, I'll I'll just have a sign outside my door saying, "I know how to make beer and candy." It's got to <laughs> be I, useful to somebody.
0: Can I join your biker gang,
1: please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This my soothing bread, voice that, will that's be. Me. What's that? Need a fresh loaf of bread? Come to me. Exactly. But chance, so- you know, get the flour. You got to bring me the flour.
0: <laughs> Your soothing voice will bring children to sleep. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. No, that was that was crazy. I, we were we were about a week ahead, right? Mm. Like, because I remember my dad in January was like, "Bud, there's a virus coming out of China. It's gonna." fuck up the whole planet i'm like you're crazy old man that'll never happen
1: uh-huh.
0: and then <laughs> february 2020 i'm like dad i'm sorry what do i do <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it must have been uh, either late january or early february of 2020 and we went to the rest uh, restaurant with my uh, parents and we were talking about you know the news keeps talking about this chinese virus <laughs> it's probably it's probably just like the flu what's the big deal the kind of stuff people are saying now but at the time i didn't know any better
0: well i mean you know yeah. congress was too busy insider trading to really pay attention and yeah. like prepare the nation
1: you know yeah. definitely did not see it coming yeah yeah no it'd be this big yeah
0: yeah i it's i i liken it to because i did a very calm deployment for iraq 10 years ago 12 years ago now and i tell people oh this is like 2020 was like my second deployment and i'm like we've all kind of been on a deployment together for about two years you know uh it's stressful um you know uh, no one's healthy (laughs) you know it's various stages of unhealthy um occasionally cities burn you know (laughs) that's the thing um Mm and yeah it's nuts man um okay so were you near any of the riots in the summer of 2020 that it affects your community at all
1: uh thankfully no didn't really hit anywhere significant near me uh, you know, yeah i live not too far out of green bay wisconsin and uh yeah there, there was nothing of note you know no place was getting burned down there
0: that's good uh,
1: my parents lived uh, near Milwaukee, uh, which was getting dangerously close to the Kenosha area. That's yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I know a guy that was that lived in Kenosha during that special time.
1: Ooh, yeah, and yeah. But thankfully, nothing stretched up by anybody I knew.
0: Something, something. I always okay. So let's go back to the audiobooks a little bit. So Here. outside of the wonderful world are divided by zero books. What sort of, uh, uh, cause we haven't really done a new book together probably since 2019. Maybe like a short one in 2020, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've just been kind of selling the greatest hits ever since. Yep. What other stuff have you been up to, sir?
1: Well, I've, uh, I've done some not audiobook stuff, uh, more recently, uh, My wife is actually currently working for a different college, uh, and uh, they were were setting up a virtual tour. And so they got me to do the the audio portion of that, actually introducing everybody to the different sections and walking them through. So as you click through online, you know, this is the cafe. Meet your friends here and do homework or whatever (laughs) the script called for.
0: This is the dumpster. Meet your local drug dealer behind it. Yeah. he sells heroin
1: <laughs> yeah that's uh that pretty much is what got me through uh 2020 into 2021 yeah those scripts kind of trickling in as they wrote them and there might still be more coming around the corner so that'll be nice getting back into that
0: that's really cool man
1: yeah i'm, yeah, I'm that, really glad uh,
0: that you're fucking doing all that that's great yeah,
1: yeah and that, uh, it's good work but I, nothing really quite beats the the fun of doing an audiobook, just because then you're doing voice acting, not just narrating.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's where it
1: gets fun to actually do voices and characters and to get to to tweak some audio settings to give like a really gravelly zombie voice or throw in some sound effects. Uh, And that stuff is all just fun. It's like making any kind of art. Uh, You kind of seeing it come together is a thrill.
0: The greatest compliment I can give you is that you do female voices very well because you so clearly have a deep masculine presence in your speech pattern, your cadence and whatnot. And, but when you do, it's, and it's not, you know, it's not a parody of a female voice. Like, like clearly my voice is not feminine in the slightest and so anything I would do would just be a parody, almost like a mockery of a feminine voice. But you're clearly acting, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're like, oh, this is a female character. And you're changing your tone, your vocal patterns, your presentation to be different, right? But you're not pretending that you're a 25 year old girl or something. It's it's hard to explain and i hope this is coming Mm -hmm. up clearly but it's i'm like wow he does that deep voice timbered son of a bitch does women really well it's surprising (laughs) what was the origin story there
1: Yeah, well, I, i really appreciate that i've never been terribly confident in my female voices just because i know i can't can't just raise my pitch and make it sound like a you know totally fool somebody yeah so uh and i i did uh Early on, when I started doing the audiobooks, I spent a lot of time watching YouTube videos and reading articles, just looking for any advice I could get. And one common complaint I heard is uh, particularly people who listen to romance novels, when they have to have uh, male narrators doing female voices, is it's grating to them when uh. they have a guy just trying to talk a lot higher and now he's doing like a Mickey Mouse voice instead of a woman. Yeah. Uh. And uh, so what I I just try to do is... Like I mean, I'm glad it comes through to you. Is I try to just do it in the acting to try to just have the right emotion for the time. You
0: portray the character of a woman. You
1: don't. Yeah, just trying to you know think you know how is she feeling? What what's she thinking right now? And just try to emote that, and not worry so much about how it, like what the the actual volume is or the. You're not
0: you're not <laughs> worried about impersonating a woman. You're worried about portraying a woman, and that's yeah such a subtle difference, but it's all the difference in the world, and it's fucking magical, man. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I will you keep know. just a little bit and, and, you know, up that pitch a little bit in the after, after effects. Uh, well, but...
0: you know, only God is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I have one range, and it's sad veteran guy, right? Like, if you need a guy who's been in the military... And he's kind of depressed. Oh boy, oh boy, I can pull that shit off in spades. Um, I found out that my wife can do a robot kind of like like her being a teacher is almost kind of like a real professional robotic it robots kind of the wrong word, but it's very scrubbed clean the presentation of her words and she, the way she speaks. And so when I made when I wrote Agent Z the Zombie Slayers, I'm like, oh, I'm a sad veteran. She could talk kind of like like you would imagine a hologram would, and then I just kind of wrote to that. like there's a scene where my sad guy character runs into a hologram and an abandoned destroyed world and the hologram is just sentient enough to know she wants to die right And, and it's such a bummer, but she does it so perfectly because it's just but the hologram knows that it has to present a certain professional image, but it also has to convey to the customer with air quotes that she wants to die at the same time. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the scene, she has to turn, turn them off. And Oh, sorry. I'm just, now I'm just bragging about my wife, but you know, (laughs) marriage.
1: (laughs) I do still need to get caught up on your podcast, but I believe, uh, one of those Agent Z ones I heard was introducing her character toward the end.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Yeah, I'd have my podcast is bragging about the fact that I'm married so far above my station, so I'm just kind of endlessly <laughs> surprised and in love with her. Uh, but enough about my wife. Uh, <laughs> this is the Jason Springer hour. That's right. <laughs> um. Okay. So, what was 21 like for you?
1: Uh, 21 was... Of just trying to bounce back because, yeah. uh, aside, you know, before I got started doing the work for the college on that virtual tour, I was in a big slump, yeah, paranoid and nervous about what was gonna happen, yeah, and I just kind of just found myself sitting on the couch watching TV all the time, looking for more news so I could be more prepared,
0: more paranoid, and more anxious, and more prepared. Yeah. And just, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. luckily. March of 21 brought the vaccine. Yeah. And much like you, I was uh hiding in a bunker or afraid of the sun. Right. <laughs> I had lots of friends that were off doing COVID missions and riot control missions. And I'm like, you guys all look very tired. I'm gonna stay home and stop the spread. Um, and then I remember the V the veterans got access to the vaccine probably about a week before the general pop and they're like hey do you want to come down and I'm like oh my god yes and I turned on home by the Foo Fighters and I drove and I'm crying the whole way there and I'm like processing all this like emotions and shit and I felt like I got back off deployment again and I'm like the long nightmare is over right it wasn't but <laughs> <laughs> oh what what a time to hope but what was it like on your end sir Like, what, uh, when you guys got access to the vaccine
1: Ah uh, well, for me it was uh, it was a bit of a relief, but I suppose one little thing I kind of skipped over was toward the end of 2020, both of my parents got COVID. Oh shit! And uh, you know, luckily they they got through it eventually. They were they were okay. Uh, and then the very beginning of 2021, my wife and I got it. Oh shit! <laughs> so yeah, that was that was a bit of a stressful time. I was fairly confident I'd be okay, but. A couple of wheezy nights where it's like, oh, boy, is this it? <laughs> <It's a little laughs> this heavy. is how my it's story ends. <laughs> spiraling. And in the end, it just turned out it kind of felt like crap for about three weeks. But Jason,
0: uh, don't worry. If you do die from COVID, we will live stream your funeral and have the donations go to the Derwin Lester Mortgage Fund. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and I will... I will uh, uh, definitely write. Uh, I don't know, like somehow I will somehow monetize your horrific death, right? <laughs> From the audiobooks we've done together. <laughs> like,
1: don't I'll worry, a lot more valuable.
0: <laughs> you will be remembered fondly and uh, with interest. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm glad you didn't die because that was, cause yeah, I like yeah, you. that was nice and that I would like suck. It. Uh, try
1: to do it as often as I can, not die.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've been pretty good, you know, buds and business partners for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Um, you know, That's I've so- never actually had a positive COVID test. Oh. I gotta be one of the few left that I've never actually, because I'm sure I've gotten and just never registered or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I, again, I've also been staying home for two years, practically. You yeah. know, because, I don't know, the fuck's out there, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> People are mad all the time.
1: <laughs> you know? on the fact that you're vaccinated now, your immune system's at least had a little bit of practice. Yeah, theoretical knowledge of what the disease was going to do.
0: Yeah, well, like we we went to New York City in June of 21, and uh, it was right after. It was right, right after NYC opened up, like two weeks after, right. But also two months before the horrific floods. Where, like, the subways were just overflowing with water and people... Like, the homeless were drowning and shit. It was terrible. (laughs) And we're going around there and it was... It wasn't... It wasn't empty because of the virus. Because I know New York got hit really bad, really quick. But it was more like everyone fled the city. And going to Manhattan on, like, a Monday afternoon, it's a ghost town. I'm like, oh, there's no one... I mean... It was like downtown Indianapolis on a busy Saturday night, right? Yeah, but Manhattan is like five times the population, so it's crazy. Mm. Um, but it was it it was great, and I'm like, oh, we're people again. We're vaccinated. We don't have to wear a mask ever again. And people know what they're doing. And they're the guidance will never change. And, yeah. and I was that was, the-
1: that was a nice time when we believed that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and, the, and the vaccine keeps it from spreading but it does, but it doesn't, but it might will it? Probably, maybe yeah. I mean,
1: when I'm trying to think of analogies for it I, I try to think of it as like, well, imagine if you'd never even heard of the game of football before, and then one day you find yourself in the middle of a field someone tosses a ball to you and a bunch of linebackers are just charging you you have no idea what they're after, what's going to happen next <laughs> That's but getting vaccinated is like at least getting to watch a video of a football game before that happens. You or like if be they hand fully you a... prepared, but <laughs> you got some kind of backing, you know. It's
0: like, or like if they put you in the line and they have the football, but you also have like a gun, <laughs>
1: <They're> like, <laughs> you, can you can just start
0: shooting football players and running. <laughs> <laughs> I always take it to a dark place. Sorry.
1: <laughs> hey, it, it's valid. It works.
0: Yeah, 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 you know. Um, okay, so.
1: Yeah, I'm because
0: I remember in, uh, I, I fall of 20, winter of 20, because that was a bleak fucking winter. And that was like the vaccine, pre-vaccine winter, which was terrible. And, you know, I was busy having anxiety attacks and grinding away five teeth. Mm. And, you know, and I would like, I remember drinking, I would just drink straight bourbon. Just to like numb my face, because like you ever been hit in the face like a lot?
1: <laughs> I have not. But you ever like lost
0: a fight badly? <laughs> That's,
1: That's what it was. Too nice. Like. No one ever wants to fight me.
0: I felt like I felt like I lost a fight and lost one real bad. <laughs> and and yeah, and then when we got vaccinated. Everything kind of just went better a little bit, I guess. Okay, take me up to today. What's life like now for Jason Springer?
1: know, well, right now, things are pretty mellow. That was gonna, good. Yep. Yeah, got through the holidays, so now I'm going to rev back up for this coming year. Nah, just working on a little remastering of an audiobook for you.
0: Talk to me about, what was it like remastering A Slice of Death?
1: That was, uh, that was different. I'd never actually revisited one of my old audiobooks before, just... Never really come up, and uh, like I said, with those early ones, I'm I'm afraid I just cringe myself to death uh, listening to amateur me going on. You know, uh, I mean,
0: granted, I've got hearing damage from machine guns, but you know, you know, you did a really like holy shit. Granted, also too, we were doing profit share, and I wasn't paying you up front, so I'm like, oh look, he says the words clearly, so
1: (laughs) (laughs) speaks um, English like fluently. He's.
0: semi-fluently if you've got a good mic i don't give a shit it could be in yeah. spanish <laughs> um i because i because i rewrote a slice of death right probably about 15 percent of it maybe not a lot mm. but it was i rewrote some character that took some out because like you i was revisiting an old story mm. i wrote in 2015 14 something like that mm. and You know, and and I kind of had to make it work with this new project called Agent Z and the Zombie Slayer. So I kind of George Lucas special editioned it to where Greedo shot first, if you will. And Mm -hmm. I was so glad that you're like, yeah, sure, I'll redo it. It's great. And you did a really good job and the update really works. And Mm -hmm. it's... the. The only inconsistency is on my own because agency and the zombie slayers is a treatise on post-traumatic stress disorder and sadness and grieving. And then a slice of death is a fun romp through the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) And totally, they're two completely different works. but
1: (laughs) That's the fun of a multiverse. You can have a little bit of everything.
0: Exactly. what was so what is what was uh uh redoing a liberation of earth like because i've had many people say that liberation is their favorite uh of our audiobooks
1: that is definitely one of my favorites to have done too because it's just got a lot going on i get to do a lot of the stuff i like with the different voices and all the sound effects and just dabbling in everything throughout the chapters and uh yeah it it's been cool and even though i've been working at it for a while and you know kind of nitpicking my my first time around overall i'm happy that it wasn't just a constant you know you know head and hands like oh what was i thinking <laughs> overall it was like oh this this did turn out pretty good i'm pre- still pretty proud of this it was
0: it was i, I was I, I have always been infinitely appreciative of everything you ever done for me after we get the uh, the first edition of Liberation of Earth in, like, 2019, me and my wife are driving to South Carolina and we're listening to it. And narratively, I had, I don't know, there was a couple of characters. You've probably seen it in the rewrite. There's a couple of characters that I didn't know how to mesh together. And so it's kind of like you have a character and then another, that character, the first character falls off. And then the second character picks up almost in the exact same way and they're like oh you could just have them be one character right but i couldn't figure it out at the time and so we're driving and this is after you're done and we're selling the thing my wife's like yeah why don't you just make them one character and this is how you should do it and i'm like why didn't you say that to me six months ago when we were like doing the audiobook
1: yeah Hi. I can definitely sympathize with your struggle. Uh, Like, for years before I started doing the audiobooks, uh, and just audio work in general, I thought I was going to be a writer myself. I've got a whole bookshelf devoted to different writing books I'd gone through, and turns out I was just more interested in thinking about writing than actually writing. Because I I couldn't even get through writing a full page before I'd go back and be like, Oh, this is all terrible. What was I thinking here? Nope, nope, nope. And so I'd just be writing page one forever. <laughs> See,
0: it's I, I, it, it, uh, an unhealthy sense of ego, right? It's kind of a general level of arrogance is kind of where I go. Um, uh, I, I I, think I had like a five or six year sprints where I just wrote a bunch of stuff. And I've spent the last 10 years monetizing that almost <laughs> I haven't really written a whole lot of new stuff outside of agency and the zombie slayers, but that was like kind of mid-pandemic, dealing with post-traumatic stress and sadness. Um, but yeah, I I remember before I met you and I started looking at audiobooks. I remember thinking, oh, I have because you know I'm an artist and I have to. I'm an independent artist and I have to you know do all this myself and I have to fucking. Uh, do all the recording myself and then I'm like oh well you're just gonna do everything half-assed right Mm -hmm. and and I'm so glad and I think we'll end here and then like I'll hit the stop button we'll talk for a few seconds if that's okay sure and I'm so glad that I met you because I'm like oh here's a guy that will do it who's just starting out like I am who will do it better than I could ever possibly touch it And in the spirit of that sort of continuing partnership, I'm excited for when Divided by Zero Books goes fully independent, and we're in the process of setting up our own shop and website and everything right now. And I'm excited for uh, you to join us, right? And we're going to move all those old stuff over. And uh, yeah, and I'm so grateful that we're friends and we've been business partners for a while, man. Yeah. Um, do you have any final thoughts on the evening,
1: yeah, sir? Well, you know, I'm I'm just really grateful for everything I've been able to do with you, and you know, for just you and all the authors I've worked with, because you know, it turns out with this uh, audiobook thing, I just really like telling stories, and uh, you know, being an author didn't work out for me, but I can still tell other people's stories, and that in a way is even more fun.
0: all right we'll end there and for the blanket fortress of solitude this is derwin signing off